is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Two Marketeers, they've got a podcast, the Two Marketeers podcast. Happy holidays. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Happy holidays. Sean is feeling unfestive. <gasps> Lindsay is shockingly the opposite. She's wearing a festive shirt. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> She's Lindsay is modeling her very festive. That's like a that's a tartan. I don't know what it like. It's like a Macintosh or. That's right. Yes, that's right. You I'm know you are Sean. I didn't know you knew your tartans so well. Kind of do because the Irish thing, but um, it's also because when I was a kid, my favorite thing was that Macintosh caramel or butterscotch. Oh, did you, smash it? you smash it? Did you smash it? So fun. Yeah. And it got really stuck in your teeth. Now you'd be like, yeah, and that was the pattern. I do remember. It's so good. <laughs> Stop making faces. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I'm making a lot. This will be good for our YouTube channel. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. One year when we were recording the holidays, Sean <laughs> showed up with a full elf glasses hat, and he Regalia? shocked me. Is that what that is? I don't know. I was like, "Whoa!" I think you were wearing that shirt. I'm just gonna say it. This is my only holiday top. I wear <laughs> it. For the month of December, every day, <laughs> every year. So what are we doing here? We are doing, yeah, what are we doing here, What Lindsay? are we doing here? We always do some sort of tidy three, a top three, three. at the end yeah. of each calendar year. So our podcast seasons go from September to June, typically a season. But at the end of every calendar year, we do a little bit of self-reflection on how the year has gone so far, and we share our top three, whatever we yes. want it to be. Oh my God. You remembered that. Was that last year's theme? Because we couldn't top get it three, together. Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> and that's what we're here for today. So... We made a major shift with our podcast strategy for season three, where we decided to dive more into marketing and the impact of culture and the human experience, because we're so obsessed with that topic and how that's shaping brands and shaping how people go to market with communications. So we thought we might share our top three learnings from that shift. So how what we've learned about the human experience and how it impacts brands and society and marketing um, and over us. the last couple of months and us. To back it up a little bit is so people understand, we've been exposed to a lot of what I would say science and, and ways of doing things over the last, especially thanks to this podcast, but based on I've been able to apply it to my work, Lindsay, I'm pretty sure you've been applying it to your work. Mm -hmm. We've been in contact, we've observed multiple sort of approaches that I would say progressive brands are doing and this whole idea around human centered design um, and, and the human experience and design thinking were all the kind of things we tapped into and, and shared about that we were 
discovering through working with different partners, different clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like, so what are we here to do? And it's to kind of turn that science and all that stuff that's out there that, you know, unless you're a strategist working for big brands, you probably don't aren't able to keep up. But the mm-hmm. idea is that it is a way of thinking that Lindsay and I realized as sort of consumers and strategists and creatives, all the things that we are, we realized that as a brand, think of us as humans. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's nothing super new about it, except mm-hmm. it's a little shift in how we think. Mine's all, Mine are all about me, so. Are they? My, no, I don't know. Okay, you should lay down on the couch. This is going to reflections. Be- <laughs> they're observation. You know, Lindsay gives me homework. I'm the master of homework. And it's like, I have three words. And I'm not telling them until you do your three. I like when we toss them back and forth. When I'm like, what do you Let's share? Then what do I share? What do you share? We'll try. It's just, I, you know, you and I are the worst on staying on track. <laughs> we have a podcast. It's just ridiculous. Okay. The 2022 top three, whatever you want them to be, <laughs> about human experience. Dun, 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 dun. Number one, I think brands have evolved over the last little while from a f- transactional functional experience to try and have more of an emotional experience and an emotional connection with their consumers, with their audiences. I've learned, but I also keep challenging myself every time we talk about human experience is that for a brand, the transaction and the function is also a part of the human experience, like swiping your credit card and being in a store. Like those transactional experiences are part of the human experience. But where I think human experience has really been elevated is in that emotional territory. I like it. Because it's not just about kind of like going through your day to day and the human experience being transactional and then sometimes emotional and that it's more the holy grail of getting to that emotional connection. Absolutely. That's number one. Marinate on that. Please. Do you want me to do mine? Because I have one associated with that. Is it? Okay, let's hear it. My first observation is I made a conscious decision to make human experience part of my practice. Yeah. Right? And what I've noticed it does is it brings empathy. Mm -hmm. And it brings empathy very early on. Because, you know, it's the same process. It just, right from the beginning, when you have to think of the human, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what their multifaceted experience is at every moment in the day, Mm -hmm. you go a layer beyond and really think of them as human and and try to make a connection as a brand. And that is the best way to make a connection as humans is by display is by listening because you need to listen in order to be empath empathetic right so it's a very human kind of thing but it's that idea of if you want to trigger emotions well there's one thing about triggering emotions because we've seen a few things this year that triggered emotions we just don't know if they triggered the right ones um it's about it's that human connection and the thing that's required or the most you know the the thing that we have as humans that no one else has is the ability to have empathy mm-hmm. and this whole human experience idea is how can brands do it? Brands can and do show empathy. They have that ability, yeah. but they can only do it by taking understanding, you know, it's big data and all that stuff, but actually taking the time to understand it 
because it shifts what marketing's greatest value is, I believe. And this is big. What is it? Marketing is used to always be about the communication and what brands say. Now marketing and strategy specifically is about listening. Mm-hmm. It was always about gather as much as you can, make assumptions and then formulate some kind of a assumption that's pretty solid and be creative about your approach and how you're going to do that and win awards if you if the industry thinks you've done that well. Yeah. And now I just feel like, oh, we're starting to see that it's brands that show they can listen mm-hmm. and understand me. That's where marketing's power is. And that's where a brand is the aspect of marketing that can make that connection. Yeah. That, that to me is fundamental. So it's almost like you would think of it as like listening, understanding, empathy, action, communication. Like it's kind of where you didn't, they may have not necessarily had the ability, you know, years and years and years ago to be able to have that listening piece. Like with social media and all the different tools now, listening is so much easier than it ever was before which then can fuel your understanding of what people are going through, which then enables you to have empathy to their situations, which then enables you to design your brand around what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're doing, and the value that you create in their lives, which is the human experience they're going through with your brand. Yeah. We've always said, I know I've always said that the goal of brand is to be as human as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yeah. now with the practices evolving and most important humans having that sort of control over, I'm going to decide who I trust. And the only Mm -hmm. way you can authentically gain trust over time is by consistently showing that you listen. Yeah. And not that you listen once that you're always listening, right? Listening, adapting at every point. Yeah. It's a layer of the process that I'm seeing clients either bring me some really interesting insights when I ask them about like, you know, what are your customers? I do a lot of B2B. What are your customers feeling? Mm-hmm. Think of like what's keeping them up at night. And yeah, I deal with smaller businesses and it's really interesting to me though. It used to be big brand kind of stuff is now so practical. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes perfectly into my... Second one. Number two. Number two uh, was exactly B2B and internal audiences. So like audiences who aren't your end consumer. I think uh, the human experience is now also really, really being focused on a lot for B2B businesses, as well as your employees, your sales teams. Like if, for instance, you are a pharma company and you have pharmaceutical products, Um, like end consumers who are using your product, but you have doctors who are prescribing your product and you have sales teams who are connecting with a doctor selling your product. And then you have the employees of that company, all of these different audiences, the human experience is critical for them as well. So I think the spotlight is not only on end consumers and how we have an elevated experience for them and we create empathy for them and how that fuels our communications, It's also like the B2B audience needs to be thought of in that way as well. Your internal employees need to be thought of in that way as well. And you're designing these elevated kind of human experiences across all of your audiences, not just your end consumers. So that's been a massive shift 
in marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I, you know, I think it was your, your top three last year, the year before where you're like, B2B is sexy. And I was like, duh. (laughs) Yeah. You're one step closer to understanding the customer than you are in a more of a business to consumer. Yeah. Um, and, and you understand them. And a lot of times you're like, you're like, what is it? What is your B2B customer want? They want a discount. It's like, okay, yeah, everyone wants a discount. What else do they want? Like, what are they looking for? And now that they have the ability in their daily lives to be communicating with Starbucks and Amazon and all of these digital experiences that are so amazing, they expect those types of experiences between their B2B relationship with you as well. So it goes beyond transaction. And really the way you play in that elevated B2B space is by thinking through the human experience, listening, learning, understanding, empathy, all those things that you just discussed. B2B baby. B2B baby. So what's your number two? Um, it uncomplicates the process. Believe it or not. Do tell. Um, it removes speculation. When you do the sort of human experience approach first, it's heavy up front. It's heavy for me when I do a lot of stuff myself for, you know, individually for a client. Um, and it's hard, it's hard, Mm. but it's the same process. So all it means is it hasn't changed my personal process. And I mean, we'll always say it's not about getting better at what you do. It's about improving and, and testing and finessing your process Mm -hmm. and knowing that that process needs to be flexible, but gather the information, analyze it, understand the needs of the business, synthesize that, and then say, this is what I think you need to do. And then from that, whether that's starting from scratch with a brand, whether that's realigning a brand that's no longer aligned to what they want to do, what, like all that sort of stuff, it just really makes it right up front. And be, you know, because I'm at the table first, I really love that. It gets rid of what I've noticed. It gets rid of rounds of design. It gets rid of mm. rounds and approvals and all that stuff. But at a small business, I'm, I need to talk to the person who needs to make the decisions because I believe my value is understanding not only what I do, but your business and yeah. how your business operates and how, how I observe you operate today. I need to talk to the ultimate decision maker. And I think that's, that's, that's fun for me because I, I need, I challenge things. I think Lindsay knows that. <laughs> Lindsay does too, but I'm more aggressive. She's more polite. <laughs> um, plus she also deals with bigger teams, mm-hmm. but it uncomplicates it. Meaning I'll, I'll come back after my first stakeholder round of stakeholder meetings and research. And I'll kind of say, this is what I think you should do. And I, you know, I put it together well to kind of say, get them nodding. I'm good at pitches. Yeah. And we come out of these meetings and we're like, yeah, great. Go ahead. And I'm kind of like, okay and they're like okay so when we what's next and i'm kind of like even in my head i even like up talk i'll be like i do the creative now yeah (laughs) i come back to you with what you're paying for (laughs) yeah so it, it as a one man show in a lot of cases i've learned i need to consciously understand that i'm am i here and i'm am i making the money by the amount of work that I do? Or am I making the money on how valuable, how little of my time can be? Right, right. 
So is it like it comes from a, such a solid strategic foundation that there's not the need to be kind of throwing a bunch of ideas and things at the board because it's already set in the direction it needs to go early on in the process? Absolutely. Okay. It's about buy-in at the beginning because of the, how much thought I have to put in about how much mm -hmm. rigor I have to put in about being objective and understanding the needs of the business and understanding what I can understand about who they're trying to attract. Yeah. They, I get buy-in right from the beginning. And I think that's part of the story of me being a one-man show and dealing directly. Right. But I get buy-in at the top very early. Then the process does continue pretty typically. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is... It, it requires a lot less work from other people. Yeah. When you do strategy through the lens of human experience first, it starts with a foundation of what's true and not necessarily like what's fun, fun or fan like fancy <laughs> fun. Like it's not like a lot of creative approaches that don't have strategy as the first level end up being like, what's fun and cool that we could do? Like what's going to stand out? And like what is based on trends and things? Whereas designing your strategy with the human experience at the heart of it really starts about like what's true about what's going on in the category what's true about your targets what's true about your brand and where is the real value that you provide within those truths that then say that's where we should go because it's true and strategic not because it's just fun because we've done the work to show we understand your needs, your audience's need. It is true. The world and science and whatever insights. You popped an ear, ear uh, what are they called? AirPod. Yeah, that's never happened your before. Your blood pressure shot an AirPod out of your ear. <laughs> you blew your own mind. What's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think, I'm I think I'm having a stroke. I just... <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally, I can totally see that. And I think that's why, like, I also typically don't get a ton of, like, people are like, great. Okay, but, like, what do we do now? Like, great. <laughs> and it's because you're not convincing them of something that isn't true. You know, they, you to bring them along in the process, you share the information, you take people down a path. Um, and it's, it can be, like, quite a practical approach to strategy, typically, of being like, well, this is what we should do based on what we've learned, you know? And so that's why it simplifies. We've come to this point that human experience is really interesting and it actually allows me, the way I work, I'm always thinking and it brings mm -hmm. on this, this added dimension. Yeah. Added dimension at the beginning that makes everybody work toward a very clear buy-in. Right. I think that completely ties into my last one, actually. Number three. Number three. So when you say um, you're always thinking, like you're always thinking about it, when you start to become obsessed about human experience and brands and marketing, what people are going through, you cannot, my last learning is you cannot turn it off. So the, the personal and professional lines get even further blurred because I'm constantly, even outside of desktop research, which is what a lot of strategists do, where you're just Googling stuff, mm. um, 
in my day-to-day life and experiences, I'm consistently and almost obsessively observing the human experience, my experience, the experience of the people that I see, the clients that I work with, the brand, like everything, it becomes about more than work and more about what are people going through? Hence, what am I going through? Hence, what is society going through? Hence, what is culture do it, shift it? Like it all, it's just something that you can't let go of. So I think that was my last point that as a consultant, as a strategist, human experience is so tied to your daily personal life. For the right kind of thinker who's an all-encompassing thinker, it brings this almost like, piece to it where you Mm -hmm. can step away and observe from multiple perspectives. And I think it's that added dimension, not to the experience, to the way you think. And the way you live. Yeah, but your your brain scares me sometimes. I'm in it, man. I'm in it. And the, uh, but the other thing about that, that I wonder, and this isn't anything that I know to be true or is researched or anything is that the challenge with human experience is to also then be able to step back and say, okay, I am not these people. So what are these people going through? Which is more the listening, understanding the empathy for others versus being obsessed with your own kind of human experience and how that kind of fuels into your work, especially when we talk about diversity, inclusion, like it's so critical to be able to empathize around the experience other people are having. So I think that's something that I, I, I'm now starting to challenge myself more to say, am I expanding my view enough? How do I like get information about what others are going through versus still kind of having my own personal lens on it? It, You know, it's that whole change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. And it's absolutely true. Right. And what it does for me is I think our practices are similar where you say, you know, how broad do I go when Mm -hmm. you start? collecting the information and validating some initial thoughts Mm -hmm. you go too broad and you step away and whatever sticks as you go and do the groceries or you know go for a run or watch brainless television I mean that in a good way Mm -hmm. it, it comes back and I've gotten I've gotten really comfortable with knowing that I honestly don't know yet I don't know what I got I thought so hard my airpod flew out of my ear Like that's how it was. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and this is new for me, right? It's like a new workout. And then I come back and it's just like minutes before I know I have to go back and sit at my desk. Cause I do set times to be like, go and think. And then you have to come back to your desk. Whatever you're thinking has to guide whatever you need to do next. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to forget nine, 90% of it. You're going to filter it. You're going to go five different directions. You're, you're going to have to be able to let go of an idea, which is the number one thing I'll teach any creative is you have to be able to fall out of love with the most brilliant idea you ever came up with every time. And strategy. Sure. Um, so it, it's that idea of it's really helped my practice of just bringing a little bit of, and this is my number three, it brings conviction to mm. whatever it is you put forward. Okay. Conviction because you have, it's like I've given this more thought than this person ever hoped that I would give it. More right. thought than this person has given to this aspect of their business, right? Right. I'm confident in because of my process, it, it gets buy-in from the beginning and I get buy-in from the beginning because I have conviction behind the way I think they should go. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. this is my opinion. You pay for my opinion. In the end, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. And then that conviction up front simplifies the process. I can completely see how that would be. And it brings back a final thought for me. It shows that now that I've applied it to myself, it allows me to be a lot more organic in my process. Mm. And an organic process ain't what this industry traditionally Mm. has created. Yeah. I know. And there's, I don't know how you feel about it, but I do feel as well that I'm moving less from a structured process to more of an organic um, type of process. And there's a lot of vulnerability in that. There is. No, if you've done it the way you've always done it and you check the boxes, you're going to get somewhere, but it's like, is that the best place to get to? And so when you move to a more kind of organic human experience, insights driven process that isn't linear, There's just a lot of vulnerability in, are you going to get there? I think I I agree. I think though, from my reflection, the human experience approach allows me to avoid that vulnerability or accept Mm. that vulnerability and be like, yup, you should be terrified. So (laughs) go for it. Right. So it it is still iterative. I fully believe in iterative. I fully believe in process, but I, you know, in my 30 plus years of working, um, I'm seeing a real sort of, like you said, Lindsay, I feel like my work and my life have this whole work-life balance, which I think is bullshit. We'll we'll do a whole episode on that. It brings them together in a way that it's kind of serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's about what kind of energy are you putting into your work and the more that energy can be fueled by stuff you love or, or things you absolutely feel you need to find out or, mm-hmm. and it can be about uninteresting business per se. Like I'm doing stuff for B2B in the world of uh, commercial cleaning and I'm, it's awesome. I hear you. It's the curiosity. Like the curiosity doesn't get boring. We're testing a theory here. Mm-hmm. Which is vulnerable. Like, am I the only one where the vulnerability still like wakes you up in the night sometimes? Like, hello, <laughs> are you feeling nervous? <laughs> Poor Lindsay. No, I'm not. It's organic. Okay. <laughs> it's organic. I'm not nervous. It's true. They actually say like, I was reading, I think we were both reading this thing from, from uh, Mark Polar that uh, uh, insights about strategists. And it was like, how many times you're woken up in the night? Like it's with something where you're like, uh-huh. like the piece, it, it's so odd to me how your brain connects pieces when you're sleeping. Cause you'll wake up and be like, it's the, these, oh my goodness. And you like write it down and it's like, how come you can't get there? You can't get there sitting at your desk when you make yourself sit there for eight hours. Like you have to be open to when the puzzle pieces come together. It's really, it's really interesting. My human experience is undeniably one that brings work and and my human experience together. And it's just, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, And I'm lucky enough to be a consultant, do all the things I love to do on my own. It can be lonely sometimes. They do talk Mm -hmm. about strategists being lonely. Um, Yeah. It can be lonely sometimes, but uh, it's just, it's really exciting. So yeah, there's no going back. We're in it. We will not be rethinking our strategy around human experience. That's for we sure. We are still knee deep in human experience. 
So that's our top threes. A tidy three to wrap up the year. Yeah. So our next episode after this will be in the new year. 2023. Here we come. The human experience continues. It's going to be great. Thanks, Lindsay. Joyeux Noël. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.